WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Good morning. James Flippin filling in for Noah Layden on this Tuesday. It's December 26th. The WABC 5 a.m. News Hour. And let's get you your Ramsey Mazda three day weather forecast to kick things off. It's foggy this morning around the tri state. Steady temperatures around 45 degrees expected. Fog will likely persist until sometime after 10 a.m. And then later today, clouds getting up to 51 degrees overnight into Wednesday. Fog clouds will fall to 44 degrees overnight. And then tomorrow, Wednesday, rainy, the high near 51. Thursday, a 30% chance of rain topping out at 55. So 44 degrees right now in Midtown Manhattan, 39 in Hohokus, New Jersey, 38 in Hicksville on Long Island. That's the weather forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. So over the past couple of days, lots of family time. Hope everybody had a great Christmas yesterday with their family. If you celebrate, and even if not, maybe you went out and got some Chinese food, did something like that. But with me, it was a lot of travel, a lot of disjointed, uh, you know, going to and from places, not just in one place. And when I was a kid, you know, Christmas in particular was more or less just kind of, you know, in one place. We would have people over our house. We went to church that night. You know, maybe we went to my cousin's house nearby on Christmas Eve, but no long drives, nothing like that. No, no travel, no, uh, AAA and being part of the 50 million Americans that travel 50 miles or more or whatever it is. So my husband Chris and I went down to South Jersey for a friend's dinner on Saturday night. We had a family party that we went to on Sunday. That was close by. But then yesterday we drove out to my in-laws up in Vernon, New Jersey, about an hour away from where I live. And I gotta say, so weird to see parking lots empty on Route 23. But it's great to be able to spend time with family. Uh, I actually got a gift as part of a secret Santa that's a big black puffer jacket. Big black puffer jacket that I wore in today. And for some people, it might make you think of George Costanza. What is that? <laughs> what? It's Gore-Tex. You can't even turn around with that thing. Look at this. <laughs> And for our younger listeners who might not know about Seinfeld, or if you have family members who are always on TikTok, well, you may be aware of the big black puffer jacket meme on social media. Are you from New York even? Yeah. Are you from New York even? Do you have a big black puffer jacket even? Uh, Either way, I'm now the proud owner of a big black puffer jacket, and I hope you all got what you wanted from Santa, and that maybe you made somebody's day with a gift. As the highlight for me on the gift-giving side was a T-shirt I found online, a band's T-shirt, Zebra, a rock band out of New Orleans found in the mid-'70s. You might remember one of their hits. That's Who's Behind the Door from 1983. It did register on the charts. Zebra, my brother's a big fan. I found a T-shirt with one of their album cover logos on the front, and he was pumped. I've had luck with him and my other brother with T-shirts in the past. Um, and my husband was pumped by the robot vacuum cleaner that we got from my parents. So we hope that'll make an impact with the cat hair. One of the most popular gift choices this year, uh, according to studies, was gift cards. 
and Americans are expected to have spent around $30 billion on gift cards this year. Tens of billions of those cards will go unused every year, by the way. Uh, a survey earlier this year from Bankrate found that roughly 50% of U.S. adults have at least one unused gift card. And I guess on average, that's worth about 200 bucks. So you might want to check if you're one of those people. Traditionally, today, or maybe the remaining days this week, used for gift returns or bringing back things to stores that you might need a different size in, or maybe you got a duplicate item as a gift. But check on that, because if you bought things online... These days, in some cases, the retailer says it's not even worth the shipping and the hassle. So they'll send you a refund without taking back the item. Returnless refunds, sometimes called. And Amazon is big on those, for example. A group of protesters, some of whom said they wanted to cancel Christmas, gathered in Midtown yesterday. We're talking about dozens of people, maybe getting up into the hundreds. But this was not a Yuletide gathering. Several people were, in fact, arrested among this pro-Palestinian protester crowd. One police officer sustained minor injuries, per reports. And this all kicked off outside the Fox News building on 6th Avenue in Midtown, uh, the News Corp building, around 2 o'clock yesterday afternoon. And, of course, that's not far from Rockefeller Center and the big Christmas tree. It has been the site of some protests before you know, generally speaking, these are people that are calling for uh, immediate ceasefire there in the Middle East. They may be anti-Israel in some ways. They may be, um, you know, pro-Palestine. Like we said, that's kind of how it's all couched, is a pro-Palestinian protester. But in some cases, it's just people pushing for a f- end to the fighting. And halfway around the world yesterday, where Jesus was born in Bethlehem, it was a relatively somber Christmas Day as war continues in nearby Gaza. And all of the traditional Christmas Day events and concerts were canceled, sadly. Manger Square stood empty under the watchful eye of security forces. And residents of Jesus' biblical birthplace say sadness replaced joy in the small town, which is you know normally bustling this time of year. And it's not just the sadness or kind of the bummer that comes with a war-based cancellation, but it's also a severe blow to the local economy without the usual influx of visitors coming from around the world. WABC News Time 508, James Flippin, filling in for Noam Laden this morning. So Pope Francis delivered his Christmas message yesterday from the Vatican, and he expressed sorrow over civilians killed in Gaza, calling those killed there civilians the little Jesuses of today. That said, Pope Francis also decried the October 7th attack on Israel by Hamas, calling it abominable. And he also called for the immediate release of hostages still being held in Gaza. And this marked Pope Francis's 11th Christmas address. He also used the message to call out the arms industry, saying that arms production, sales, and trade are all on the rise. Officials in neighboring Egypt have proposed a deal between Israel and Hamas, calling for a council of Palestinian experts to lead Gaza and for a staggered hostage release deal. Both sides, in terms of Israel and Hamas, immediately rejected that proposal. Israel, for example, not okay with anything outside of Hamas being removed from power. Egypt has played an ongoing role in terms of getting humanitarian aid into Gaza. And in Tel Aviv, Israeli troops 
continue to look for command and control centers. Intense airstrikes at one point, we are told the IDF has killed a senior Hamas leader in that region during an airstrike. They have not identified who that may be. The Hamas-run Palestinian Health Ministry says that at least 70 were killed inside a refugee camp during one of those strikes. Close to 600,000 are classified as starving right now, most eating less than one meal a day and many going several days without any food at all. Jay Gray reporting there. And back here in the States, amid all that tension, amid all those somber feelings, of course, it was Christmas yesterday, and former President Trump delivered his message for the holiday on social media. Melania and I would like to wish everyone a happy, joyous, and wonderful Christmas season. In this holy time of year, Christians everywhere give thanks that over 2,000 years ago, God sent his only son into the world to be the savior of all mankind. The birth of Jesus Christ is the true miracle we celebrate each Christmas. He is the ultimate source of our joy, our hope, and our sense of peace and goodwill as we gather with family and loved ones. And later this week, a decision is expected as to whether or not Trump will be on the main primary ballot, as there are three complaints filed against Trump's eligibility to appear on the ballot in Maine for the March 5th primary. Two of the complaints related to January 6th, 2021, down at the U.S. Capitol, and they allege that Trump engaged in insurrection that day. And that connects to the Colorado State Supreme Court decision where Colorado's State Supreme Court last week decided Trump has been kicked off the primary ballot based off the 14th Amendment's insurrectionist clause. And in terms of Maine's law, it allows registered voters to challenge ballot access of a candidate by filing a petition with the Secretary of State. And we're expecting a decision on that this week. But like we said, that Colorado State Supreme Court decision to ban Trump from the primary ballot, it will be appealed. And as long as that happens by January 4th, I think it is, Trump's name stays on the ballot. So it's a little bit procedural, but it's also a little bit beyond that. And back here in the city, maybe you'll be spending today tidying up at home, putting away some decorations maybe, although you're certainly within your rights not to rush that. And maybe you're thinking about what to do with the Christmas tree. Lots of people like to recycle them at one spot down along the Jersey Shore. I think it's Atlantic Highlands, maybe. They recycle them by putting the old trees in the sand dunes. And that kind of helps hold the sand in place. Uh, it gives them like some natural uh, gripping points. And I guess that helps with beach erosion and stuff like that. But in the city... The New York City Department of Sanitation announced its Christmas tree collection guidance just yesterday. If you live in Brooklyn or Queens, and if you already receive curbside composting collection, well, you can put your tree out with food scraps and yard waste for pickup, and that will be on your regularly scheduled compost and recycling day, this year marking the first time that trees can be set out for curbside compost in that fashion. For residents of the Bronx, Manhattan or Staten Island, it's January 5th when you can start putting out your Christmas trees, and that's through January 13th. I think that's a Friday, January 5th. You can put out those trees for collection, and that is different from trash collection, by the way, so it might not be immediate. It might not be the next day that they take that tree away, but you can put it out, and they'll take it away, Bronx, Manhattan, Staten Island. And as always, just remove the lights, tinsel, or decorations before putting it out. I always, you know, I, I, for years now, I've, I've always said that, of course, as per the news story we read 
about recycling your Christmas tree. But who wouldn't take off the lights? I mean, are you really that well off? Unless they're just dead, busted, and you're like, all right, this is a way to get rid of the lights, I guess, as opposed to just taking them off the tree. But who wouldn't take the lights off? The tinsel I can get, right? That's a hassle. Nobody wants to take the tinsel off, but you're supposed to before you get rid of it. And you can even get rid of an artificial tree, by the way, if it's time to do so. Just remove the base and trunk and put it out with metal recycling. And those natural trees that are collected will be chopped, chipped, and mixed in with leaves and other recycled compost to be used in city gardens and parks and green space, stuff like that. New York Governor Kathy Hochul, she put out a Christmas message of her own yesterday saying in any other year, her message would be simple and expected, calling for things like good cheer and peace. But she admitted this year isn't like other years in that way. The holiday season is a time to gather with our families and loved ones. It's also a time to reflect on the past year, to celebrate our successes, and to consider how we can better live up to our shared values as New Yorkers. In the wake of the horrific acts of terror in Israel on October 7th, we've seen a troubling increase in hatred and bigotry around our state. And Hochul using her message to push back against that um, you know, rise in anti-Semitism and other hate crimes and stuff like that. And as 2024 approaches, just days away now, new laws will be going into effect in New York. In fact, Governor Hochul has signed over 700 bills into law throughout this calendar year. And among other measures, New Yorkers can expect the state's minimum wage to raise, and that goes up to 16 bucks an hour for employees in New York City, Long Island, and Westchester. An assembly bill requires public housing to notify residents in writing within 24 hours as to whether their water is safe for cooking and drinking, and that's um, NYCHA, New York City's housing authority. New York is also expanding the eligibility from one year to three years for victims and survivors of a crime to apply for victim compensation funds. And now a Senate bill requires colleges to post campus crime statistics on their websites. And connecting back to Hochul's Christmas message, those campus authorities must now investigate hate crimes. So have you heard about this guy who antagonizes New York City cops on social media? He's a drill rapper. He's out of Chicago. He's, I guess, considered an aspiring comedian, but certainly a content creator online. He's 24 years old. Richard Sharp is his name, but he goes by Famous Richard online. And he's gone viral here in New York, like I said, messing with cops. He records videos in which he asks officers if he can hold or see their gun. You know, he kind of is, is recording it. Just He's not in camera, but he's, he's recording the cops, and he says, you know, let me see that gun. Let me see. He actually calls it a pipe. And then it'll also been referred to the police officers as shorty. So the New York Post reports that um, Richard Sharp, famous Richard, was trying to take video of a Port Authority police officer on Friday. And that's when a police officer recognized him as a wanted man from an earlier robbery attempt in Manhattan, allegedly. And that's when they took famous Richard into custody. And I, you know, cops sort of know him. If you're if you're on any of these video apps. YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, this guy pops up on people's algorithms sometimes. You know, he's, 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 they're sort of entertaining and engaging videos because it's like, what's going to happen here? You know, it's on the knife's edge. He's, he's messing with cops, trying to get at their gun and stuff like that. Clearly, that would be a crime if he actually did grab their gun, but it's not clear how serious he is about it. And cops seem to kind of know the guy. 
sometimes they'll tease him back. There's an ongoing thing about him supposedly crying in the cell when he got arrested. And the police officers say, oh, you were crying in the cell. You were crying in the cell. He says, no, well, you're lying on my name and stuff like that. So Sharp is a self-proclaimed member of Chicago's Black Disciples street gang. And David Barksdale is their founder. So this guy, King Richard, always says, on King David, on King David, on social video, famous Richard, vowed, He'll continue messing with the cops even after this arrest. Y'all call me. I ain't, I ain't going to lie, folks. I'll let that slap. i let that slap. But on my homies, I'm terrorizing y'all city. On King David, now I'm going to go ten times harder. Yeah, it's kind of funny to me, I guess, because of the accent, maybe the Chicago accent or something. He never hits that David. It sounds like King Dave to me. But it's King David. And he is a Chicago resident that's here in New York. As travelers pour into the Big Apple celebrating the holidays, prices for hotel rooms are on the rise. According to travel site Trivago, hotel room prices are up almost 20% from November. For a Thanksgiving stay, an average hotel room ran for about $452 a night. The price jumped to $529 in December. Overall, prices are up about 5% from 2022. One of the suspected contributions to the spike in prices is the crackdown on short-term rentals like Airbnbs. I'm Liz Radabali for WABC News. WABC News Time 520. James Flippin filling in for Noam Layden on this Tuesday, December 26th. Moving in kind of reverse order here. And let's do sports now after traffic. Why not? And some sort of good news, bad news for the New York sports scene yesterday as Knicks fans were happy. Jalen Brunson poured in 38 points to lead those Knickerbockers last past the Milwaukee Bucks. That was a 129 to 122 win at MSG. Julius Randle netted 24 points. New York now 17 and 12 on the season. Third in the Atlantic Division. They take on the Thunder tomorrow night in Oklahoma City. And meanwhile, the Nets are back in action tonight. They'll tip off with the Pistons in Detroit, who just can't seem to ever get in the win column. Brooklyn now fourth in the Atlantic Division. They're 14 and 15. And I know our uh, engineer Diego is is not loving the uh, Detroit Pistons struggles these days. But Just all Detroit sports are just not good. <laughs> Well, what about your Lions? They finally won the division for the first just, time. Just, like, for the first time in my life. Yeah. That's the thing. It goes I, back I, to, I like, I think the 90s. it's going to happen next year. Well, that's all right. Well, they get a chance at the uh, playoffs here in 2023-2024. And it is a little bit clearer, that playoff picture for the NFL. It was a busy action uh, day on Christmas with several NFL games playing. The NFL uh, recorded the Ravens beating the 49ers in a 33-19 route. Lamar Jackson threw for 252 yards and two touchdowns. The Niners saw their six-game winning streak snapped, and San Francisco now tied with Detroit, Philadelphia. They're top the NFC at 11-4, and all three teams. And the Las Vegas Raiders, they went into Kansas City and shocked the Chiefs, beating them 20-14. to That is a rivalry game, so you never know what's going to happen. We talked about those Eagles. They snapped their three-game skid and beat the Giants 33-25, but it really was kind of holding off the Giants, because New York almost came back. Uh, local sensation Tommy DeVito, he was benched, kind of you know wasn't quite as effective in the first half, and Tyrod Taylor came in, and he almost let it come back, but head coach Brian Dayball, not committal in terms of whether or not it'll be DeVito or Tyrod Taylor going forward. 
the Jets are gearing up for their final two games of the regular season. They did hold on to beat the Commanders on Christmas Eve. Now New York will visit the Browns on Thursday Night Football, and then they close out their season with the Patriots January 7th. By the way, for the NFL, the Jacksonville Jaguars, hoping that their star quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, escaped major injury. He'll go for further testing on his shoulder, but he left the game after diving for a first down, but did uh, actually he didn't leave the game. He stayed in but admitted afterwards that something was off with his shoulder. On the ice, the Rangers host the Capitals tomorrow night, and the Islanders will host the Penguins tomorrow night. And then finally, completing that triple header, the Devils will host the Blue Jackets tomorrow night. And finally in sports, across the pond, Manchester United just announced on Christmas Eve that British petrochemical billionaire Sir Jim Ratcliffe has purchased a 25% stake in the famed English Premier League soccer club, Man U. That sale confirmed by Manchester United and Ratcliffe's company INEOS, a London-based multinational conglomerate. And that's sports, and I'm James Flippin, filling in here for Noel Layden on Tuesday, December 26th, the day after Christmas. Hope you got everything you wanted under the tree. Hope you had a good time with some friends and family yesterday. And it was not a very jolly year for the Christmas box office. The big fish that hit theaters over the holiday weekend was Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. It made $40 million over the four-day period. That's kind of a flop for Aquaman. The film kind of floundered. All right, I'm done. But elsewhere, the animated film Migration made $17 bucks over the holiday. That's a rom-com. Or, I'm sorry, that's not. The rom-com Anyone But You brought in $8 million. And then that movie about wrestling, pro wrestling, The Iron Claw, it took in just over $6 million. And then three movies opened on Christmas Day, including The Color Purple, Ferrari, and The Boys in the Boat. Well, this is definitely not Christmassy, but a classic horror movie set in Washington, D.C., is celebrating the 50th anniversary of its release. Yeah, The Exorcist was released on this date back in 1973, set in the Georgetown neighborhood. The film, based on a 1971 novel written by William Peter Blatty. Blatty based the story on the exorcism of a 14-year-old Maryland boy that happened in the 1940s. Of course, in the movie, it was a young girl who had been possessed. A set of steps that appear towards the end of the film went on to become a tourist destination and those steps have been declared a historic landmark as of 2019. Well, not sure this calls for an exorcism, but members of a convent not happy down in South Jersey as Catholic nuns in Atlantic City just lost out on their bid to block a cannabis dispensary that's going to be located just 150 feet from their convent. Local officials down there in Atlantic City say they want to make the area the pot capital of the East Coast. The Casino Reinvestment Development Authority, which acts as the city's planning agency within that tourism district, recently approved to planned dispensaries, and one would take the place of a former dry cleaner, and one is the one by the convent. By the way, today is Boxing Day in the U.K. and Canada, occurring on the second day of Christmas Tide, the 26th of December. And Maybe you're used to seeing that on paper calendars, like the ones we kind of used to use more often before smartphones and stuff like that, but... In Britain, it was a custom for tradesmen to collect Christmas boxes of money or presents on the first weekday after Christmas, and that was as thanks for good service throughout the year. And that was mentioned as far back as a diary entry 
December 19th, 1663. Uh, Otherwise, it's a big shopping day, sort of like Black Friday is, or Cyber Monday here in the States. And there's also soccer or football matches, as they'd say, scheduled today in traditional fashion there for Boxing Day. I think they play derbies today. Is that right, Diego? Diego would know. Derbies. Derbies. Okay. Um, all right, so WABC News Time 528, James Flippin filling in for Noam Layden this morning. It's Tuesday, December 26th. The day after Christmas, we talked about Boxing Day. Also today, Kwanzaa begins, and Kwanzaa runs from today, December 26th, through New Year's Day, January 1st. It was created in 1966 in order to celebrate African heritage in the United States. The holiday isn't race-based. It's also not religious in nature. It's based on seven core principles, one for each day. Unity, self-determination, responsibility, purpose, creativity, and faith. Gift-giving, gift-giving, I should say, is common in Kwanzaa, and it's based on the principle of each day. Well, this is certainly uh, an absolute gift by this guy, as last week an 86-year-old man was honored in California, Bob Fisher had just donated his 200th gallon of blood. Well, I feel I'm serving God by creating uh, platelets for people that need them, and because there's no other way of creating platelets than in a human body. The 86-year-old Fisher says donating regularly has been pretty simple for him. To me, it's not very painful, uh, and I feel fine afterwards. And they have ice cream now. (laughs) (laughs) Fisher's donations at the San Diego Blood Bank, date back to 1976. As records show, he's donated various blood products over 930 times. He donates triple platelets every couple of weeks and also donates for medical research conducted through the blood bank. Fisher previously had three jobs with the military, now retired. He was both an enlisted man and a civilian within those military ranks. And as a volunteer, he filed taxes for people for 20 years. He also taught AARP safe driving lessons for 10 years, and he's San Diego Blood Bank's only 200-gallon donor. So Frank Morano has the week off, but I think he'd agree that's worthy of some commendations. Residents in San Francisco, not happy. It's got to do with the Golden Gate Bridge. We're also leading from hearing from one of the leading voices on climate change. And an Ohio man is in custody now. He's also been charged with kidnapping, and it's in relation to something he wanted to do with Elon Musk. All that and more when we come back on the WABC 5 a.m. News Hour. James Flippin filling in for Noam Layton. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noam Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noam on 77 WABC. Good morning, James Flippin filling in for Noam Layden. It's Tuesday, December 26th. Here's your Ramsey Mazda three-day weather forecast. Foggy this morning around the Tri-State. Steady temperatures holding at 45 degrees. Fog will likely hold here until sometime after maybe 10 o'clock this morning. And later today, cloudy, getting up to 51. Overnight into Wednesday, fog, clouds falling down to 44. And then tomorrow, Wednesday, rainy, a high near 51. Thursday, a 30% chance of rain, topping out at 55 That's certainly mild for late December. 44 degrees in Midtown Manhattan, 39 degrees in Hohokus, New Jersey, and 38 in Hicksville, 
out on Long Island. That's the weather forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. So we take you out to the West Coast for a second here in the San Francisco, California Bay Area as residents in San Francisco not happy as the government is removing rusty nautical chains at the Golden Gate Bridge. The National Park Service getting rid of those corroded links near the southern end of the bridge. And that's the San Francisco side. I'm actually wearing right now, just a coincidence, my Sausalito sweatshirt, which I bought on the other side of the bridge. And apparently those old rusty chains are being removed for shiny aluminum ones. Residents say they're ugly, and they say it takes away from the character of the area. But officials say those old chains don't have historical significance and that the new railings are meant to protect pedestrians and cyclists. The project is scheduled to be completed by January 24th. One of the leading voices on climate change says he's optimistic about the future of the planet. Speaking on CNN's State of the Union, former Vice President Al Gore says temperatures will stop going up once the world reduces pollution. And if we stay at true net zero, half of the human-caused greenhouse pollution will fall out of the atmosphere in as little as 25 to 30 years. Gore said that reducing greenhouse gases is a reachable goal thanks to wind and solar electricity. He called wind and solar the cheapest forms of energy in the history of the world. Gore also stressed that the time to act is now. I'm Liz Radabali for WABC News. Well, for an Ohio man, he's facing charges, and it's an unfortunate truth for him um, that he's in custody, accused of kidnapping his children and taking them to Texas, allegedly to speak with Elon Musk. Columbus, Ohio cops say this guy took off with his three kids. Uh, They're... Oh, sorry, his three- and one-year-old kids, without their mom's knowledge, that was back on December 7th. Investigators say he flew himself and the children to Austin, Texas, and then got a lift ride to Musk's Starlink headquarters, which is about 30 miles away from the airport. When local police responded to the Starlink property, after the guy reportedly tried to get in, court documents say he told officers the tech billionaire had asked him to travel there to speak with him. The father's now back in Ohio and scheduled to appear in court sometime today. Residents of a Texas town are discovering that what they thought were aliens or maybe UFOs is actually a high-tech Christmas light show. Chris Hartgraves goes all out with his Christmas decorations, and this is at his home in Georgetown, which is about 30 miles north of Austin. Hartgraves says he saves up his vacation time to decorate his house and uses about 13,000 lights to show his love for the Christmas holiday. He puts on a different show each week leading up to Christmas, and says he starts planning the following year's show the day after Christmas. So right now, today, Hargraves is getting up, and he'll start planning his 2024 go-round. Hargraves modest when he talks about his Christmas lights talents, saying he's neither smart nor creative, just, in his words, a Christmas nerd. WABC News Time 539. This is James Flippin filling in for Noam Layden today on this Tuesday, December 26th. Well, it's called the Holiday Rush, but it comes 
after the holidays, and we're not actually talking about commuting or travel or transit. Once we move into January, we suffer a little regret. Maybe our pants are a little tight. Maybe it was the New Year's resolution. But Gym Statistics says January's big business for new gym memberships. They say 12.5% of all new memberships happen in the first month of the new year. But 80% of those who join with good intentions quit within five months. I'm Bree Tennis. Former President Trump says he'll replace the Affordable Care Act with his own version, which he calls much better. And this was part of Trump's message that he sent out for Christmas on Truth Social. As he said that Obamacare is too expensive, adding he'll come up with a much better, less expensive alternative. He also attacked people that he said were looking to destroy our once great USA, including President Biden and Special Counsel Jack Smith. Trump does as of now, remain the favorite to win the GOP presidential nomination. Going international here for a second, Kremlin critic Alexei Navalny is apparently alive and well at a remote prison in Siberia. In a post on X, a spokesperson for Navalny said his lawyer visited the jailed activist on Monday, two weeks after they lost contact with him. Navalny's disappearance sparked fears for his safety, coming just days after Russian President Vladimir Putin formally announced that he would run for re-election in 2024. Navalny is serving a nearly 20-year prison sentence after being convicted of extremist activities. I'm Mark Mayfield. In tech news, a wearable artificial intelligence device developed by former Apple employees, is set to ship in March. It's called the Humane AI Pin, and for about 700 bucks, you can stick it on your clothes and interact. There are no wake words, so it's not always listening or always recording. In fact, it doesn't do anything until you engage with it, and your engagement comes through your touch, voice, gesture, or the laser ink display. That's former Apple employee Imran Chaudhuri, who's part of the team that is behind the creation of this new wearable AI pen. We were able to pack a lot of technology into something really small. It runs a Qualcomm Snapdragon chipset, and that means it's really fast, which is crucial for AI. And this is kind of more continuing with the wearable tech stuff. You know, we've obviously seen the smartwatches for a while. Um, I know there's that ring out now that I think sends your you know, vital statistics and stuff like that to your phone and tracks your sleep, I think, things like that. This PINS projector, the AI PIN, designed to be able to send information onto a user's hand, as the device was shown in a recent demo, doing everything from real-time language translation to making phone calls and playing music. Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker's office says there are plans in place to pay for hotel rooms as a way to temporarily house hundreds of migrants or asylum seekers as they arrive in Chicago. Those in hotels will be moved to a former CVS in Little Village when the shelter is completed next month. Funding for the hotels will come from the additional $160 million Governor Pritzker announced last month to help the ongoing migrant crisis after over 30,000 migrants arrived in Illinois. I'm Chris Caraccio. Checking in on finance now. The opening bell will ring this morning for Wall Street, kicking off what will be an abbreviated trading week following yesterday's Christmas holiday. And this after a mostly positive week wrapped up on Friday of last week. Coming up today, we'll get word on consumer confidence as well as the S&P Case-Shiller Home Price Index. That's a 20-city home price index for October. Pending home sales, weekly jobless claims due Thursday of this week. 
The earnings calendar, pretty sparse this week. Fourth quarter earnings season doesn't really kick off in earnest until January 8th. Well, 2023 began with talk about inflation and a possible recession. It ends with talk about inflation and recession. Here's Wendy Wild. The Fed raised rates several times over the past year in an effort to slow inflation. Inflation remains well above our longer-run goal of 2%. Fed Chair Jerome Powell, the stock market faced some big challenges in 2023, including debt ceiling drama and the wars in Ukraine and Gaza. But by the end of November, the Dow Industrial Average was at a new high for the year. And U.S. worker paychecks went up this year. The national average pay increased 5.6%. And for workers who changed jobs this past year. The ADP salary report says they saw an increase in pay of 8.3%. The housing market was slow and tight, still is. And the recession predicted for 2023 didn't happen, but it still might. 70% of consumers say, yes, we still think there will be a recession at some point over the next 12 months. Conference Board Chief Economist Dana Peterson. That's money, the year in review. I'm Wendy Wild. Well, here's a kind of fun or maybe not so fun story, given its prices we're talking about. But it's certainly a holiday example of how much more things cost these days. As in the 1990 movie Home Alone, eight-year-old Kevin McAllister visited a grocery store while his family was away on vacation. And he brought a half gallon of milk. He bought some orange juice, a microwavable TV dinner, macaroni and cheese, a loaf of bread, dryer sheets, laundry detergent, toilet paper, saran wrap, and a bag of toy soldiers. He paid $19.83 with a dollar off coupon. That same purchase today would cost about 57 bucks. A report out last week from a national real estate company says most Americans can't afford to buy homes listed for sale in the U.S. Redfin looked at things from the top 97 metropolitan areas in the country and found Just 15% of the homes listed for sale were affordable for the average U.S. family. And that's a decrease from last year when about 20% of the listed homes were considered affordable. One reason for the high price could be that homes are in short supply. In June, Realtor.com said the number of homes for sale this year was down compared to last year. All right, let's check in on sports here this morning. WABC News Time, 546 on Tuesday, December 26th. James Flippin filling in for Noam Layden. So yesterday in New York sports, the good news was that the Knicks beat the Milwaukee Bucks at home, 129-122. to 122. Jalen Brunson led the club with 38 points. Julius Randle poured in 24. And tonight, the Nets will be back in action. They're taking on the Pistons in Detroit, Brooklyn, now Fourth in the Atlantic Division at 14 and 15. Cam Thomas leading the team in scoring with 23.9 points per game. It was a busy day of NFL football yesterday on Christmas Day, and that's making the playoff picture a little bit clearer. The Baltimore Ravens now on top of the NFL following a 33 to 19 rout of the San Francisco 49ers in Santa Clara as Lamar Jackson threw for 252 yards and two touchdowns. Baltimore now has the league's best record at 12-3. and The Niners saw their six-game winning streak snapped, and San Francisco is now tied atop the NFC with the Detroit Lions, the Philadelphia Eagles, all 11-4. and 
And the Las Vegas Raiders shocked the NFL landscape by going into Kansas City and beating their rival Chiefs 20-14. to For the Giants, the comeback bid came up short as the Eagles snapped their three-game winning streak, holding off New York 33-25 to at Lincoln Financial Field, where Big Blue hasn't won since 2014, by the way. And Tommy DeVito was benched. Tyrod Taylor, the backup quarterback, came in and gave the team a spark. And the Giants will host the Rams on Sunday. Head coach Brian Dayball, sort of non-committal in terms of whether or not it'll be DeVito of Cedar Grove or Tyrod Taylor. The Jets gearing up for their final two games of the season. They've already been eliminated from playoff contention. And they will visit the Browns on Thursday night football, then close things out with the Patriots. And then tomorrow night, all three NHL locals will be active. What about college football bowl season? It's here. Rutgers will battle Florida in the Pinstripe Bowl at Yankee Stadium on Thursday afternoon. It, is that Florida? Because they're saying it's the Hurricanes here, and this, which is not Florida. Florida's the Gators. Anyway, we'll have to check on that. And then college basketball back on Saturday. Syracuse hoping to extend its winning streak to five games when they play host to Pitt. All right, that's sports. WABC News Time, 548. WABC News Time, 550 on this Tuesday, December 26th. James Flippin filling in for Noam Layden. So it is the day after Christmas. All the presents have been opened. Now it's time to remember to express gratitude. With a thank you note. Somehow through the years, we fell out of the habit of sending thank you notes. Etiquette School of America says only 27% of us actually do it on a regular basis. They say it's important to show the person who gifted you an acknowledgement of their act of kindness and generosity. Psychology Today says they elevate friendships, self-esteem, and overall psychological health. And they're not complicated. A simple, I appreciate you will do. And a stamp. That's right. No email. I'm Bree Tennis. Pope Francis says Israeli strikes on Gaza, which have killed thousands of civilians, are appalling. The Pope delivered his Christmas message yesterday from the Vatican. In his Christmas Day to the City and World message, the Pope called children killed in wars, including those in Gaza, the little Jesuses of today. He also decried the October 7th attack on Israel by Hamas and called for the release of hostages. I'm Trey Thomas. Back here in the States, Georgia Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene says somebody reported a fake crime at her home on Christmas. It appears to be the latest in a series of swatting incidents that have targeted Rep. Greene. Swatting refers to prank calls made to authorities that sort of try to make it seem like something serious is happening at these homes. And then a SWAT team calls out under that false pretense. On X, formerly known as Twitter, Green said it's the eighth time this year that she's faced a swatting incident. And then she said, you know, her local cops are great. She adds they shouldn't have to deal with this. A decision is expected this week as to whether or not former President Trump will be on Maine's primary ballot based off three complaints filed against Trump's eligibility to appear on the ballot for the March 5th primary in Maine. As the state has a law that allows registered voters to challenge the ballot access of a candidate by filing a petition with the Secretary of State. And I guess two of the complaints are tied to the events of January 6th, 2021 at the U.S. Capitol, as well as claims that Trump engaged in insurrection that day. Last week, Colorado's state Supreme Court made the decision to ban Trump from their state primary presidential ballot, although an appeal can keep his name on the ballot. 
And Trump says he'll replace Obamacare, the Affordable Care Act, with his own version. Not surprisingly, he calls it much better. Trump took to Truth Social on Christmas to say Obamacare was too expensive, adding he will come up with a much better, less expensive alternative. He also attacked people he said were looking to destroy our once great USA, including President Biden and special counsel Jack Smith. Trump remains the favorite to win the GOP presidential nomination. I'm Mark Mayfield. Well, this is probably not a surprise to most of our listeners, but holiday season can boost your stress levels. And Christmas may be over, but... It's also likely, according to experts, that it took a toll on your mental health. Those experts say this often comes from placing expectations on yourself to do so much, leading many to feel overwhelmed. According to the American Psychological Mm. Association, nearly 90% of people surveyed says they felt stressed out during the holidays. The holiday-shortened trading season kicks off today. The opening bell will ring this morning as... Wall Street looks to close up what's been a good 2023. As today brings word on consumer confidence, the S&P Case-Shiller Home Price Index is also due. Looking ahead to Thursday on the economic calendar, we'll get pending home sales and weekly jobless claims. Back here in the city, cops are investigating an early morning fatal accident that happened in Brooklyn on Christmas Day. Approximately 2 in the morning, they responded to the area of Thomas L. S. Boylan Street and Linden Boulevard. A preliminary investigation says a 58-year-old man was operating a BMW sedan when he collided with a gas-powered scooter that had disobeyed a steady red light. The 30-year-old operator of that gas-powered scooter transported to the hospital, Brookdale University, Kings County. He was pronounced dead and the operator of the BMW remained on scene. A 24-year-old man has been pronounced dead following a shooting in Manhattan. This happened on Christmas Eve, just past 5.45 p.m. along Amsterdam Avenue. Authorities found a 23-year-old man with a gunshot wound in the torso. He was pronounced dead at Mount Sinai, Morningside St. Luke's Hospital. Identity of that victim withheld pending family notification. And out on Long Island... On-again, off-again, Nassau County couple Charles and Christine Frasoulis are apparently celebrating their togetherness by committing crimes. That's according to police. Police say the couple stole packages from the front doors of multiple residents along Broad Street and Williston Park on Christmas Eve. And cops say that Christine had an order of protection against Charles prior to these crimes, And meth, drug paraphernalia, and other unprescribed pills were apparently on the couple when they were arrested. A federal judge has ruled that the social media company X, formerly known as Twitter, breached its contract with employees. A lawsuit filed in June after the company promised millions of employees, uh, given that they said they'd receive half their bonuses before and after Elon Musk purchased the company in 2022. But again, the lawsuit says that those were never paid. X's legal team has argued the bonus agreement was merely a oral promise, just word of mouth, something that was just said and therefore shouldn't have been upheld. But on Friday, the judge sided with the employees and ruled the company did, in fact, violate its contract. WABC News Time. 556 here on Tuesday, December 26th. Town of Chatham judge James Foster about to retire. That coincides with the end of the year. The 67-year-old stepping away from his 40-year career. He 
served as town justice for 11 of those years. Michael Hart will take his place come January 1st. And it's the 50th anniversary of a classic horror movie, The Exorcist, set in Washington, D.C., celebrating the 50th anniversary of its release, as it was back on this day in 1973 that that horror flick set in the Georgetown neighborhood of D.C. was released. And it's actually based on a 1971 novel that was written about the exorcism of a 14-year-old Maryland boy. But, of course, we know that it was a young girl featured in The Exorcist. And a set of steps that appear near the end of the film and went on to become a tourist destination was declared a historic landmark back in 2019. WABC News Time 557. James Flippin filling in for Noam Layden on this Tuesday, December 26th. It's the 5 a.m. news hour here on 77 WABC. And a fire displaced seven families from their home in Patterson right before Christmas. This is a fire that broke out in a building on 19th Street on Saturday morning. And this has the Silk City and so many New Jersey municipalities in and around the Passaic River are dealing with the after effects of that devastating flooding last week. One official said this fire broke out on the second floor of the structure and smoke was seen pouring from the roof. The cause of the fire still under investigation. Nobody was hurt. And by the way, after last week's floods, New Jersey state officials are spreading the word about a new law that aims to inform Garden State residents about the history of a property and whether it has any flood damage. State lawmakers passed this law this past June. It requires flood disclosure forms for prospective home buyers and renters. Beginning March 20th, landlords and property sellers must provide buyers and renters with forms that record the flood history of a property. And before this law was passed, sellers, renters weren't required to provide any information on a property's flood history. And Jersey Central Power and Light has proposed a $935 million plan that would upgrade its network while reducing outages. It would enhance the system's network in northern and central New Jersey, upgrading around 600 miles of overhead power lines and replacing 46 miles of aging underground lines. And, of course, in addition to that, fun, that flooding last week, which caused so much damage to vehicles and homes, power was knocked out for so many and that's something to look into potentially mitigate with this new setup from Jersey Central Power and Light. James Flippin filling in for Noam Layden here this morning on the WABC News Hour coming right up on 6 a.m. It's Tuesday, December 26th. And we're going to have Andrew Giuliani and Curtis Slewa filling in today on Sid and Friends in the Morning. And that's coming your way next. <laughs> 